Hey ladies, it's your favorite dating coach here. Do these titles sound familiar at all? Uh, what to do until love finds you. Secrets of an irresistible woman. What are the three biggest mistakes women make in relationships? <laughs> hey, what's up ladies? So today I'm gonna show you guys 10 ways to make a guy weak for you. So how do you become a high value woman that men will never want to leave? You're smart, you're sexy, you're confident, and you still make mistakes. It's all good. Coming up, a year and a half ago, she says she was fat, broken, miserable. Now she's happier than ever. How'd she do it? Do you have a, a thought for a song for our last... Our season finale. I've got one. Okay. Yeah, sing us in, Carla. Sing us into the final episode of the first season. And now the end is near and we must raise... The final curtain. Curtain. We laugh. I don't know the rest, but um, yeah, it's hey, the Frank. finale. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, party. Delia, we did it. Girl, this is our 14th episode. What we, is up? We did it. I feel like we're celebrating like everybody gets a medal on the t-ball team. <laughs> I love it. I'm actually Me too. definitely planning on cake later. I am. Oh, hey now. Yeah. My I'm ears just, just perked up. Yeah. I'm going to go find some cake and I'm going to celebrate in San Diego. Nice. You can celebrate in Vegas. It's going to be great. Yes. So how has your week been? What's going on, girlfriend? What is going on? After a long stint of house sitting, I finally moved back to my house. Good God. Thank God. Only to then this week be house sitting again. So. Oh, <laughs> never mind. One day I will just live where I pay rent and it's going to be great. It's going to be so awesome. You're going to love it so much. I'm going to love it so much. I've heard so many good things about it. So i um, pretty pumped about that. I've been assembling furniture. Ikea um, furniture, I got, correct. Ikea furniture, correct. And I got two bookcases together and I was... So inspired that I was about to put the dresser together, but then I opened the box and there's like 253 pieces of hardware. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm like, nah, I'll save that for tomorrow. You're like a pioneer woman. Pretty much. Pretty much. I'm just conquering open Western territory here with putting together my Tarva. <laughs> oh my God. The Tarva. The well, Tarva. I'm excited, to, I'm excited to see it all when I come visit, see all the Ikea furniture. I know. It's going to be great once it's all put together. Yeah. I may never leave my room again. That might be it. <laughs> That's actually been my goal lately. It's just really not to leave my house. But I keep finding myself Leaving? not able to live my goals. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. That's what fine. can you do? And how has your week been, Carla now? Well, as you know, I'm happy to say I went on a date, girl. Yes. It's been a while. And a gentleman caller uh, found me on Facebook. And typically, if these yahoos contact me on Facebook, which <laughs> happens frequently, Dan Nelson from Pakistan, but lives in Warsaw, Massachusetts, or some like weird, <laughs> but it's like, you're not real. Can we chat about it? <laughs> No, this, this guy messaged me. We had a mutual friend. He was quite attractive. So I agreed to meet him for a walk on the bay and for dinner. Nice. And 
I go over there. I'm, I, he told me where to meet him, and I said, okay, I'll go meet you there. Now, there's something you should know. He's 28. <laughs> so I love this. I think uh, it's great. Yeah. So I went, and I was standing by my car. It was kind of like a I, – I like to think it's like a French film. <laughs> and I was standing by my car waiting, and he comes walking across the street. In a crosswalk, I hope. And he is one of the most attractive men that I have ever seen in my life. In my life. That is like the best. I was floored. (laughs) And I'm not exaggerating, girl. He was this beautiful, bronze, dark hair, brown eyes, built like a mother, like just. And I was just kind of standing there like. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> hey. And he came over and he hugged me. Yeah, and that's we, good. It was really good. And I was very pleased and also a little intimidated because I, I know that I'm not an ugly woman, but I have my insecurities and I was a little intimidated by how attractive. Uh, but he is... He's a little shy. He's kind of like a, he's like a stock trader. So he's nerdy kind of a little bit. Okay. But like hot nerdy. And The best uh, kind of nerdy in my opinion. <laughs> the best kind. So we went for a walk on the bay and then we went to a seafood restaurant and we had a really nice time. And then we came back and we walked his dog on the bay. And now we're married. I'm loving all this bay walking. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. So now we're married. So congrats. You got to I do. Yeah. It's the perfect conclusion to the season. So I love it. No cliffhanger no. or anything, guys. Like yeah, we're wrapping it. it up. That's it. I tied the knot. <laughs> no need to tune in next season. Yeah. We're not going to do a next season because I'm married. You fend for yourself. I'll be like episode 230. Haven't landed my man yet. No, unfortunately, we're not married. And um, okay. truth be told, he actually invited me to his home the fo- for the following meeting. And I'm in a space where I'm not going to go to someone's home that I don't know on a second meeting. And I communicated mm-hmm. that to him. And I haven't heard from him since. Okay. So, so. But I'll tell you what, all in all, I'm just glad that I got out there. I'm glad that I just went and did, you know, I just went and met somebody and I actually had a really nice time and I haven't done that in a long time. So it felt good. And the shrimp tacos were to die for. <laughs> so. More importantly, the tacos. Yes. Exactly. So, you know, I feel like I want to do more of that. I want to date again and maybe be open to taking some more risks. Yeah, there is something to be said just about getting out there. Yeah. I mean, just Just having conversations with people. So. Yeah. And. I applaud that. Yeah. And just knowing that I could have gotten laid if I had wanted to. Girl, sex is out there all the time. Like, well, I know it is. That's not a problem ever, ever. No, I, ever. I'm, <laughs> I'm very aware of that, but I don't, that's, 
It's not enough anymore. Say la vie. It's not enough. Say la vie, casual sex. (laughs) (laughs) But it was it was good. And yeah, other than that, I've just been working a lot. I've been spending a lot of hours trying to get my stuff together. I've been I've been excited about this episode because it's our last one of the season and I feel very accomplished and proud that we pulled it off, girl. We did through heat and technical difficulties and that cage match we had and Yes. No, we didn't have I'm... that last thing, but <laughs> I think we did. Did we? (laughs) Yes, I think we did. And I think it was another learning experience that we didn't make (laughs) up. I'm patting my, I'm literally patting myself on the back right now. Can you see me? I can. That's awesome. My eye was itching, so I itched my eye. Oh, good. Okay. We want to give our (laughs) listeners visuals. Exactly. Uh Accomplishments. So, Delia, without further ado, the five love languages. Yes. Okay, girl. I'm excited. So this... I took the test. Okay, which we'll awesome. probably get into later, but yeah. Yeah, I totally. Of course, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Um, Let's get into it. No. So this. So I felt like I wanted to end our season on my last two strongest books that I had read, and this was one that I liked. Uh, the so there's two versions of this book. The original was written in 1992. And then he updated it in 2015, which is the version I'm talking about today, which is the secret, the secret, the five love languages, the secret to love that lasts. And it's by Dr. Gary Chapman. Okay. So this is an interesting guy and I'm actually impressed with his resume. So he has a, so, okay. So he graduated from a Bible Institute and has a Bachelor of Arts And then he has a degree in anthropology as well, which Hmm. one of my favorite professors that I ever had at City College, he was also, he had a PhD in theology and a PhD in anthropology. So he had a very specific perspective on life and relationships. Yeah. I can see how those things would intersect pretty well. Yeah, and I think, so my professor, he was no longer much of a believer. You know, he was kind of more uh, agnostic Mm -hmm. because he wouldn't deny the existence of some greater power, but he wasn't ready to admit that Mm -hmm. it's the stories that we've been told. Yeah. Now, Gary Chapman is definitely leaning more toward, he's definitely more spiritual and religious than any of the other books that we've dealt with. He's coming from a place of like more of a religious background. So uh, he has also a doctor of philosophy in adult education from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. So he just went schooling, schooling, schooling. He did. He also was a missionary in Nigeria. And I mean, he's traveled all over the world So the first book that he wrote was The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. And then he updated it, obviously, in 2015 because it's that was dated and he realized it was dated. That was pre the Internet. That was pre 
Facebook, Instagram that was pre all of it. So, you know. Pre our whole life right now. Exactly. (laughs) So the book has been uh, in the top 10 list for years and years and years. You know, it's he sold over 11 million copies in English alone, and it's been translated into 49 other languages. Make that money, Gary. Yeah, he's doing fine. He's also written many, many other books, all kind of like offshoots of five languages. So he has like, which I, w- I wish I would have known because I didn't know this until I did my research. There is a five love languages for singles because this book really kind of deals with in the context of marriage, although you, you can still apply all of it to your own life. But he ta- a lot of the talk is in the context of a relationship. Okay. Which is fine because uh, that's the goal, I mean, for most people. is So using these love languages, that's when they come in. <laughs> that's when they come in handy is when you know how to communicate your love language to your partner. So... I did take the singles quiz, though, because my results came back in bold face type. Singles edition. (laughs) Awesome. Roger that. (laughs) You're like, very well then. I'm single. Thank Um, you for the reminder. I appreciate you. So, basically, he has been doing kind of marriage and family therapy for over 30 years. So he has worked with thousands of couples, men and women. He's been at this a minute. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that he has created and that he has sort of, you know, he, he wanted to approach relationships from kind of a more scientific take because he he felt like people were missing the fact that they're not focusing on how they're communicating oh. with mm-hmm. each other. And well, I, it's always the other person's fault, isn't it? I mean, from what I've seen. <laughs> I mean, from what I hear. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm totally joshing you. It's not always the other person's fault. And that, and I'll be honest with you. So this book revisiting this book after this last couple of weeks of doing this podcast it reminds me of what I need to be taking responsibility for and what I'm not and it it's been good it's been good I just have to like start with a clean slate and going into my next relationship I know that I have tools now but definitely like kind of reminded me of things that I don't pay attention to. (laughs) And so communication and language is a big part of that, right? So So, is that something you don't pay attention to? Like what's an example? I I don't think that I pay attention to how other people communicate or how they prefer to be communicated with. Because when you think about the five love languages, you think, well, my love language is this. Mm Mm-hmm. But the whole point of the book is, what is the other person's love language? Yes. So from my perspective, it doesn't matter what my love language is. When I'm in love with somebody, it matters what their love language is. 
Yes. And then that responsibility falls on the other person, too, to honor my love language because that's the partnership. So if I if I say my love language is quality time, which it is because I took the test, if that's my (laughs) love language, I can tell a person this is my love language is quality time. But I have to know what the other person's love language is and operate from that space. So, and if the other person isn't honoring my love language, then I have to figure out if that's somebody that I want to continue with. So it's fascinating. (laughs) It's fascinating. Okay. So let's get into it, girl. The five love languages. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's just talk about it. Let's just do it. So the book's basically broken down in chapters and then... The five main chapters are the chapters about the actual love languages. There is one missing chapter, in my opinion. My love language is pizza, and it's not in there. (laughs) So, you know. Mine is cake and probably sexual intercourse. Maybe not in that order. Well, that could be physical touch, but cake is not in there either. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sure. A lot of physical touching. (laughs) Hi, I would like to physically touch you now. <laughs> no. The the five love languages are receiving gifts, mm-hmm. quality time, mm-hmm. words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. So those are the five that he's identified that people respond to. And the way that he does it, So we'll include a link in our notes, our show notes for everybody, because there's a test you can go to their website and take. And I think it's a great thing to do because what I did was I put out a call and I asked people to please go and take the test, tell me their results and tell me if they agreed with them or not. Okay. So I got, yeah, so I got 17 responses. Nice. And just about everybody pretty much agreed with with the results. Okay. The only people that didn't agree kind of all, but they qualified it and said, well, I just didn't think that that's what it was. But now that I've read the description, I see where it oh, might. Where I. That's what it is. I, <laughs> right. Where maybe I don't know what my love language has been. So I thought that was interesting. And a bunch of people. So how it works is, is when you take this test, it asks you about, I I don't know, I know you took it too. I think there's like 30 questions. Yeah, I think 30. Something. Mm -hmm. A lot of the questions are very repetitive, but if you look at it closely, they're very different because basically it's just trying to pare down, you know, how you like to be communicated with basically. So it asks you a question that you think it seems like the same question you just read, but they're actually very different. And it basically reminded me of my optometry exam. (laughs) (laughs) Option A or option B? Which one's clear? Option A or B? A. A. (laughs) Okay. Now option C or B? Which one's clear? C (laughs) or B? Yeah. So that's basically what it is. And so what, so then when they compile the, the notes, so this is what I thought was interesting. A lot of people that I got results from because all these people shared their actual results with me, which was amazing. A lot of them got two things 
that were at their top. So it would be like, I think they use the number 12 as like your top. These are the ones that you're going to respond to the most. Oh, okay. So a lot of people got two at 12. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah. But, for example, moi, mine was, I got a 12 for quality time. And then drops down to a seven for acts of service, a six for words of affirmation, a three for physical touch, and two for receiving gifts. Interesting. Right. But a lot of people got double, they doubled up on the, like, say it was acts of service. So they would have acts of service and quality time would both be at a 12 for them. Oh. Yeah, mine was pretty similar. My top dog was quality time at 10. Acts of service, nine. Physical touch, six. Words of affirmation, four. And receiving gifts, one. Okay, awesome. So I think, I mean, that's valuable to me. And the other question I asked everybody is if they agreed with it. And everybody pretty much said yes, that they agreed. There was only a couple people that were like, well, I thought it was going to be this. But I've always known that mine was quality time. Yeah, this was not a big shocker to me. No, I was like, yeah, basically, I want, I just have been through a lot in my life. And I just, I see the value of spending time with the people I love. And I want whoever I'm with to be able to know that that should be the priority is spending time with the people that you care about. So whoever my partner is or is going to be, ideally, we would share that. Ideally. Um, ideally or at least we, they're going to know that it's important to you and make it happen. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing, right? That's that's the compromise because, and I think that that's why, you know, when you listen to the book, he gives a lot of examples of couples who have identified wildly different <laughs> love languages. And okay, he wa- he walks through with them how to be with each other based on what their love language is. Interesting. A couple things though. So I did the audiobook and he narrates and he's got this kind of he's from North Carolina. He's from North Carolina. So Nailed has, it. Yes, you nailed it. He has a thick kind of southern accent, which immediately makes me recoil. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little difficult to listen to because this is my issue with it. And I wish I would have just read it because definitely a lot of times in the book feels like he's mansplaining. Ah, that's my favorite. Also, another thing that I noticed that I thought was interesting, and I went back and listened to certain sections over and over just to make sure that I wasn't being, you know, putting my own values on it or putting like projecting But Mm -hmm. I felt like whenever he would be talking about uh, an instance where he's talking about where a woman's coming from, he he goes into this voice that's different than the voice when he's talking about where the man's coming from. And I will definitely share some of A clip of that or something? Yeah, which I think is interesting because he wrote the book. He's the narrator. So obviously... If he's reading it and he's retelling it, he's putting 
his value. He's putting a value on. Right. He's putting like his own sort of take on it. Yeah. So when he's talking about, when he's coming from the woman's perspective or he's talking about advice he's given women, his voice changes and he becomes what sounds to me like condescending. And it's not the same when he's talking about the men. And I, I am not exaggerating here. I listen to these things and I listen to it over and over and I'm, and I'm just like, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that part of it. I don't like it. I don't like it. So I agree a hundred percent with, with the love languages, with the concept, with the theory. I love it. I think it's important, but I felt like another thing in the book, when he's talking about certain scenarios and certain situations, there's this overarching theme that we keep coming back to where the women are compromising a lot, the men not so much. And that's not in every scenario, but it just felt that way to me. He's coming from his perspective, right? As a husband or... Yeah. And... I don't know. I just felt like sometimes when he's discussing the different languages and it doesn't always feel uh, equal. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Right. It's, it's hard to say anything negative about the book because out of like on Amazon, for example, out of 12,000, over 12,000 reviews, there's only 177 negative reviews. Wow. But... Are they there all for is, women? <laughs> uh, a lot of them are. A lot of them are. But it, you know, they what the what the feedback is, which validated me. <laughs> I need to be number validated. one. <laughs> number one, validate me. Um, Tell me how pretty I am. <laughs> yeah, like this woman said, it's sexist, heteronormative, triggering, and religious. So she stopped reading at the part where the author recommended a woman sleep with her husband against her will. Now, whoa, really? So he, that's not quite exactly how it works out. He talks about, it's kind of like what we talked about last week, where if the person's not in the mood and you're in the mood and if they don't want to, that rejection that you feel. Yeah. He's kind of more like, you know, you get in the mood. (laughs) Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you need to just please your partner, but Unfortunately, in the book, the example is, is the husband who wants to have sex and the wife who doesn't. But he does explain why that will happen a lot. And he says, if you've got a wife who's been for years wanting an emotional validation, an emotional connection with her husband, and they're not getting it, say her language is um, words of affirmation. Yeah. And his language is physical touch. And she's not... She ain't fucking him, and he's not, and he's not saying anything nice to her. Well, the sex life is not good. So his thing is yeah. okay. This guy has to start validating her, saying yeah, things saying some good shit. Yeah, and then she has to start giving, you know, giving Blow him jobs. What he... <laughs> Blowies. Yeah. So basically, that's. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that take on what he said, but I see what this woman's saying. It feels like, yeah. and that was some of my problems with it. It's like, 
you just kind of get over whatever it is you're going through and speak the language and then everything's going to be okay. After years of like resentment and things have built up, I don't know that it always um, works like that. Yeah, and then kind of getting, I think, and this might be a stereotype, but I'm going to put it out there. Women seem more open and receptive to this work and men seem more kind of like, oh, it's like woo-woo, shrinky stuff. Yeah. So it's like, well, if there's only one of us who's interested in learning the love language, I mean, I guess you could kind of guess. <laughs> I mean, but right. unless you're both on board and want to fix the problem, it's going to be kind of an uphill battle, I would think. Yeah. And I think that you can't just read this book and then fix your marriage. You have to do therapy with this kind of work because it's valuable information. But if you're not a religious person, this is not the book for you. A lot of it is rooted in his religious beliefs. It is definitely catered to straight people, to straight married people. This, this version, straight married. It it is very hard to apply a lot of this to, to a homosexual relationship. Oh, okay. But I do think there's value in it. There's like, I feel like the artist's way, that book was very useful to me, but she's very, it's got a very religious kind of lean to it as well. And she explains in the beginning that it's like not necessarily God, it's just like spirit, but it still feels religious-y. Yeah. So, for example, in that book, I just took what was useful to me and I, you know, and I ignored the like yeah. the stuff that was offensive or that felt too kind Jesus-y. of... Jesus-y. Uh, yeah, overtly, you know, like you're shoving your belief system on me kind of stuff. Then that I just, I let go of. So I think it's just up to you. If, if it makes you uncomfortable, if you're not a religious person, this might not be the book. If you're not... That's fair. Yeah. If you're not married, this might not be the book. But <laughs> but there I is a singles edition. There is a singles edition. And the only reason why I went with this one was because last week we did getting to I do. So I felt like, well, you know, we do We got talk. there. And now we need to know how to communicate. <laughs> right. I That's fair. I told you I was married already. So it's been great. You did. You have. I hope it was a lovely wedding since I didn't get an invite. It was. And he, you know, his love language is come over to my house, you know, <laughs> so, which is fine. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that love language a few times. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me the too. late night creep love language. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the other thing, so after each chapter, there's exercises. And he nice. calls it your turn. So at the end of each thing, he kind of gives a bunch of different things for people to do. So I have some examples of things that you can do to communicate with your partner and exercises to kind of strengthen the bond and things like that. So okay, for the words of affirmation, he says you should share instances when words had a profound effect on your life positively or negatively. So, oh, you know, okay. just discuss with your partner different things that, if that's your love language. Okay. And then the idea is that you both do the exercise. So even if that's not your love language, you still should do the exercise. Still obviously. do the exercise. Still Correct. suffer through it. <laughs> Correct. 
some of the exercises for quality time he suggests is that you take a walk with your spouse and ask them questions about their childhood, which okay, I guess I'm just kind of like for something like that. It's like if you're married, don't you know pretty much everything? Well, I mean, what do you not know? I mean, I guess you can still keep asking questions, but it's like, I don't know. It just, that feels like, well, did you not talk to your spouse about their childhood at any point? Like while you were dating? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe if you're just starting out in a relationship, that's a great exercise to do. Yeah. I like this one. Ask for a list of five activities that they'd like to do with you. I think. Oh, that's good. That's good, right? I want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. God. I want to get pizza, basically. Animatronics freak me out. (laughs) Redeemed only by the ball pit. You need to figure out why, girl. That's something. I need to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. Isn't pretty much everyone creeped out by, like, singing rats and mice? My lot, when I was a kid, I would kill to go to Showbiz Pizza Place and see that little animatronic monkey. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. No. I can't say that I was super thrilled about going to Chuck E. Cheese. My cousins always had their birthday parties there, too. Nice. I and loved I like, it. Mm-mm. But as an adult, you can't go unless you have a kid. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, I can't of- just go zoom over to Chuck E. Cheese because I really like the pizza? Nope. You have to have a child with you. A friend of mine and I went one time, and they wouldn't let us in. It was very embarrassing. Oh, seriously? Because it's like... <laughs> We love children. No, it's just awkward. <laughs> They're like, sorry, do you have a child with you? No. no. We just want to play games and eat pizza. <laughs> that's all. And you cannot. So it's kind of sucks. I guess that's, we have to go to Dave and Buster's. Although they don't have animatronic yeah. singing. No, they don't. So if that's Animals. an activity that you want to do, you need to borrow someone's child, I guess. Yeah. Another one that I thought was interesting is think of an activity that your spouse likes that you don't and do it together. Sex. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that would suck if your spouse. No, hopefully you both enjoy that. Yeah. That would be fascinating. Right? I think that's not a bad idea. And you can't bitch the whole time. (laughs) You can't like it. Like he was what some of these What are some examples? He, he was like NASCAR. Oh, God. That sounds... Yeah. Oh, man. Right? I'm immediately like... I'd be nope. screwed. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> or like going on a roller coaster. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Not for me. Oh, I love that. I love well, you, that. Well, you can do that with your spouse that doesn't like to do it. Fishing would definitely be like one of the things that I'd be like enduring. Yeah. <laughs> Camping. Ugh. <laughs> Okay, so for uh, receiving gifts, he says to keep your eyes peeled for gifts. Basically, just, you know, when you're out and about and you see something that you know, like if you see a cat bow tie. I know. I'm like, I just did this for you this week. You did. You just did it for me. And it was amazing. And I loved it. Uh, Delia sent me two bow ties for my cats. (laughs) Only because you had a fancy cat dress party months ago now. I know. And you couldn't find bow ties. I couldn't find bow ties. And the bow tie that I found was janky and it wouldn't stay on. These bow ties are perfect. 
Made for cats. They're made for, for fancy cats. They're amazing. He says to make gifts for your spouse, like get good at, you know, doing it yourself kind of thing. Crafting. Like just, yeah, <laughs> which is something that I know, girl, you could get into. You could get into that big time. Hey, honey, I whittled you this gun rack. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> Give your spouse a gift every day for a week. So oh, I thought wow. that was interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of like Hanukkah almost. Basically, yes. Basically. More of these I can activities. Feel it. Okay. So if oh, you okay. are, if your love language is acts of service, he says to think about non-chore ways of serving your mate. Hmm. So he's like, most acts of service are given like laundry, dishes, folding clothes, yard work, stuff like that. But he's like, think out of the box. What are some non-chore ways? that you can do acts of service for your mate. He says to, in like a period of a week or a month, to make lists of things that your spouse asks you to do for them. To make lists of them, to write it down so that you remember, so that they don't have to keep asking you. Because when they they have to keep asking you and you don't do it, that's when resentment starts to build up. Yeah. So he's like, what most people find is when they start to make this list, there's not, there's only like a handful of things that end up on the list, like from month, you know, month to month. Yeah. And so just write them down and do them and don't, don't keep, you know, having that person keep having to ask you for it because that he's like, that's when it gets ugly in the relationship. Yeah. After you've made that list and you're aware of the things that you're not doing that you should be doing without having to be asked that... To ask for a list of 10 things your spouse would like you to do over the next month. So just flat out say, honey, give me a list. Tell me what you want me to do for you. Honey. And then do those things and just see how it affects or approves your relationship. Okay. Because according to him, it should. By far, the creepiest, um, (laughs) the creepiest one was (laughs) was physical touch because listening to his accent some of the stuff that was like that's creepy but so he said (laughs) to with your partner recall moments of non-sexual touch with your partner that increased intimacy between the two of you okay that they did that were not initiating sex but that were just you felt appreciated or loved or beautiful or whatever in that moment so like face touching without being inside of me that's right so this was a, he's like, so he's like, uh, let your knee or shoulder touch your spouse. So <laughs> I feel okay. like this is like the precursor to Twister. No, it cannot be a precursor to anything. Not your sick Twister sex, nothing. Like it's just got to be just for the sake of I touched you of with touching. my knee. Yes. My knee touched you. <laughs> so, but it's like normal interactive touching right it's not like knee to your chin or something like that i mean it's not weird right it's just like letting your knee kind of you know graze their knee or you know if you're sitting next to each other like touch each other don't avoid touching your spouse you know it's like it's what kills the romance the other one that he talks about he says walk up to your spouse hug her tell her you are the greatest and then untangle yourself and resist the urge to initiate sex. So. 
<laughs> right? It's like the best foreplay ever. You're the greatest. <laughs> I'm going to go now. I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. Like, if some buddy that I'm married to or living with walks up to me and goes, you're the greatest, and then just walks away, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I would immediately probably get angry and be like, what do you want? I <laughs> I'd probably call after him and be like, do you have a boner? Is it Boner City over there? No, you're the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> Resist the, the urge to just pounce. <laughs> you're the greatest for walking up to me, telling me I'm the greatest. And then walking and away. Walking away. Like not even, I feel like that warrants a high five. <laughs> That's well, high five territory. I think in this instance... For physical touch, I think, Delia, you can get away with the high five. Yes! Finally! Finally. There's a, for instance, I can get away with the high five. Yes. This book, I think you're okay with a high five. Because it's... Sweet! It's something that would just kind of strengthen the bond and give you the physical touch that you need. (laughs) It's better, better than gentle caressing of the face. That's right. The other one is give them a shoulder massage. Oh, come on now. We all know where massages lead. (laughs) We're all adults here. So the one that creeped me out the most by far was when he says, give your partner a foot massage and then slowly begin to massage up their body as they're comfortable with the touch to slowly initiate sex. And I mean... Initiate sex by giving your spouse a foot massage. Continue to other parts of the body as long as it brings pleasure to your spouse. I am horrified right now. Like, if you could screenshot my face. <laughs> I, Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, I hate feet touching i hate it Um, oh god and it's just the way like it's just the way that he says it that is so gross so gross so basically that's those are kind of some of the exercises those are the five love languages i i think that this book is valuable particularly if you're a couple and i if parts of it offend you because he is dated he does have some old-fashioned ideas which I do have an issue with Mm -hmm. but I think the general concept is good I think becoming aware of your partner's communication style I think that's there's nothing wrong with that I think it's great you know no I think that's excellent and And being more clear on yours right right and a lot of the people that took the quiz for me and shared with me said like this is great to know you know, uh, yeah. and I think just about everybody that took it, almost everybody that took it is, was in a relationship except for maybe like three or four people. Oh, so, okay. you know, it's, it's interesting. It's good stuff. I definitely recommend the book, but maybe just get the singles one or check out some of the other versions of it. <laughs> yeah. So a recommendation with a few caveats. Do you Here have any are. questions about the book? I do not. It was recommended a lot during uh, my time coaching. So I'm familiar. I've never read it, but I'm familiar with any kind of like assessment type test. I feel like most coaches are in the know about. So here, go take this test. Go take this test. Let's figure this out. Let's get to the bottom of it. So 
Awesome. Well, I think The Five Love Languages is a book that most people should read that want to have the secret to love that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want the secret, then don't read it. I yeah, mean, if you don't want to know read the secret, something else. Then keep it to yourself. But if you want to know the secret, it's knowing the love languages, basically. <laughs> well, Delia, this is it, girl. We made it 14 episodes. We did. This is the end of the road. I can't believe Like it. Boys to Men. Is that who sang that song? Yeah. Hello, every junior high dance. I know. Well, I was a senior in high school, but. Okay, well, you know, same, same. (laughs) (laughs) Again, with the age gap. Um, Again. (laughs) uh, No, this has been an incredible season, and I just kind of wanted to recap and just talk about what we've learned Um, oh this is my favorite well just kind of revisit like what are some of the things we said we were going to do in the beginning of the podcast that we have or haven't done so one of the main things was that we were going to get out there get on hinge i definitely did that you did that with grace and with well um, what's (laughs) enthusiasm i did it with enthusiasm (laughs) you did it with enthusiasm for sure yeah, how many how many dates did you go on? I went uh, between four and six. Four that I definitely remember. It could be as many as six. And Cece, who we affectionately <laughs> refer to as Circus Cock, he was one of those dates, right? He was. And it was never really like, I hesitate to call that a date. That was <laughs> specifically like, I'm coming over to your house to have intercourse. Okay. I met him in person numerous times. But you're still seeing him. Yeah. Yes. But just for a sec. Now, he's the only one that you're still seeing with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, seems like that worked out, though, because that was basically exactly what you were kind of looking for at the time. Yeah, exactly. So manifested that. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. What do I win? A really great time. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. I didn't meet anybody from Hinge. I've been on only one date in the time that we've been recording. And I'm okay with that. Because I have determined that I still have a lot that I need to figure out about who I am and how I want to show up and how I want to be in a relationship and who I want to be in a relationship. And, you know, that's kind of, I'm, I'm still in that space where I just want to take some time and figure that out. However, I did say I was going to do Calling in the One, so I am planning on starting that next week. I'm going to give myself, after we finish this week, I'm going to give myself a little bit of time to just breathe. And then uh, I'm going to yes, jump please. into, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to jump into that and do the exercises and stuff. We talked about maybe doing it together, so. Yeah, we can schedule that. We can put pen- that on the calendar. Let's pencil it in. What do you think are some of the most valuable takeaways from the books that we've covered in this season for you? For me, it definitely comes back to, well, (laughs) one thing was that from he's just not that into you, the myth of being busy. (laughs) Yeah. If somebody wants to see you, they see you. It doesn't matter, like, if they're trapped in a well, if they're, like really busy with business transactions. Right. Um, I'm busy. 
I'm busy. No, no one who wants to see you is ever that busy. And then I think the other more powerful one besides that is just a lot of stuff starts with yourself and what you're putting out there in the world. So being really clear about, I guess, kind of what you want, how you're showing up, that kind of stuff. So, you know, taking responsibility, which I'm such a natural at. So it's great. (laughs) Which already I do with flying colors. Yeah, for me, I think... Uh, the thing that kind of is going to resonate for me and that I want to kind of remember is when I go into a dating situation to not be attached to the outcome and to enjoy the moment more. I think that's great. Yeah, I need to quit putting uh, my past, my expectations, my childhood (laughs) trauma, my... (laughs) You know, all of these things need to come out. Pack that in your first date clutch. (laughs) Yeah, it's got to come out of the dating experience and I need to approach it from a place of curiosity and joy and like like Lisa said. So I want to do that more for sure. Excellent. I love that. And I'm trying to think if there was another in particular. I also, I think we, we touched upon the idea that sex right away can damage a, a potential connection. And I want to, I want to be aware of that, but I don't, I don't want to believe that, that story. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that that's true. And I don't want to, if I want to have a physical connection with someone early on, I don't want that to be a determining factor for whether or not that relationship is going to continue or not. I think that I don't, that's a story that I bought into it's a story that, you know, I, I would like to change. So yeah, um, if the 90 day rule works for you, great. But for me, I just, I want to follow my own guts when it comes to that part of a relationship. I don't like those kinds of rules. Yeah. And it, I mean, sometimes in some of the tones of, depending on who the author was, it felt a little bit like shaming, I guess. Right. And I kind of like what Lisa said about her current situation and meeting her now man friend and that she told him, like, let's, like, just see each other for three weeks. If it works, great. If it doesn't, that's cool, too. Right. So I could definitely, like, probably wait three weeks, maybe. (laughs) No, I think that that's great. I would just change that and I would be like, I want to see you for six months and then decide. (laughs) I want to see you for two and a half years. And then if after that. (laughs) I'm really going to lock this in for (laughs) at least until I hit 50. So (laughs) just be ready. No, I think that's a great thing. And I think that that's another very important part of realizing if somebody is right for you or not is when you do express your needs and wants, how receptive they are to it. Exactly. If they're not receptive, probably not the perfect partner for you. Probably not somebody you should continue to pursue. Well, and your partner, your person is going to really just enjoy your authentic self. So they're going to enjoy the honesty. They're going to enjoy whatever it is you have to offer. Right. They're going to want to spend time with you. They're going to want to honor and respect your feelings. And they're going to want to be available to you physically, emotionally, however you need them to show up. That's how they're going to show up. 
because you've done the work and that's how you're willing to show up. So exactly. I think those are the things that I really need to focus on moving forward and get, get really honest with myself about whether or not I'm actually doing that or not. And in the past I haven't, I haven't done that. I haven't always done that. Yeah. So. All right. I like it. I love it. This has been amazing. I'm so excited. We've got a whole, we have a whole season coming up that we're probably going to roll out sometime in, what do we say, October-ish? Yeah, late September, early October. I don't know. We'll have to look at the calendar again. We did say something about it, but I forget what we said. However long it takes us to read 14 more books, basically. (laughs) Um, We're going to let it be a surprise what our next season is, but we'll be dropping little nuggets here and there, and we'd love for you to go back and revisit the episodes. We would love for you to tell your friends about us. Yeah, Our first season is all out there for you on Spotify, iTunes. I want to thank... A couple of our friends who have been avid listeners, our dear friend Alea, Courtney, my friend Maggie, I know we have had extreme support from the guys over at Fright School Podcast, absolutely was motivated and determined to get this thing going because of my friends over at You Are Gonna Die Alone Podcast, just watching them kind of forge through all of the beginnings of starting a podcast and, you know, totally inspired me to, to know that we could do it too. So I want to thank all of those guys and art time of the month podcast. Yes. Um, it takes a podcast village. It does. It takes a Teresa. podcast village and we appreciate all of you and we thank you for listening and we're so yeah. excited to come back in a couple months. I know. See what has changed and what has stayed exactly the same. Exactly. <laughs> cha, cha, cha. Awesome. So if that's it, again, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or on our website. Link is in the bio. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. And we cannot wait to see you next season. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> like, I don't have anything. I'll be drinking pumpkin spice lattes. Bye. Landry Man Podcast is a subsidiary of nothing and is produced in association with no one other than Carla Nell and Delia Knight. Moist. 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 <laughs> oh my god! I'm like becoming hypnotized over here. <laughs>